Guys, welcome back to the next episode of the Advocates Podcast brought to you by Miracle Ear. Uh, today, we have uh, an exciting episode for our folks that are located in the greater St. Charles community. And so, uh, without further ado, we have Scott Tate. He is the president and CEO of the Greater St. Charles County Chamber of Commerce. So, Scott, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Looking forward to the opportunity to be able to chat. Yeah. No, excited to do it. Now, we had to reschedule this because we were planning on doing it, um, what was it, closer to Christmas time, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, yeah. You know, I think we, we wanted to talk a little bit of shop local, which would have made a little bit more sense as far as right. maybe, maybe the, the Christmas. But, you know, everybody shops local, uh, you know, outside of Christmas, too. So, yeah, um, we're, they, always, we're always happy to, to, to encourage people to shop local regardless of what what time of year it is uh, <laughs> right so i'm putting my foot in my mouth when i'm trying to say that. of course we want people to do that <laughs> so tell, before we like really uh jump in tell us a little bit about you your background and how you got mixed in with the with the chamber of commerce yeah so uh gosh right out of college i've been so i've been in, in chamber work ever since college i've worked for three different chambers of commerce um Hannibal, Missouri Chamber of Commerce, which is where I'm originally from. Okay. I started out there when my position with the local uh, Main Street program uh, dissolved and, uh, and then uh, moved down to St. Charles about a couple of years later after that. I started working for the chamber as an office assistant. Eventually became the president of the O'Fallon, Missouri Chamber of Commerce and, and, uh, and then came back to St. Charles. So I've been president of the Greater St. Charles County Chamber slash St. Charles Chamber for about almost 20 years now. So it's been a oh, wow. really, really nice, uh, yeah, been a, a nice uh, opportunity to be able to, to help set the direction uh, for our community as well as for local businesses. What's the difference? So you, you mentioned there the the county versus maybe the St. Charles yeah. city, I, I imagine, right? So Yeah, so several years happen? ago, yeah, several years ago, uh, well, in fact, 10 years ago, we're celebrating our 10th anniversary of a merger. We merged St. Charles and St. Peter's Chambers of Commerce 10 years ago. Okay. And, uh, and at that time, we decided to change our name to Greater St. Charles County Chamber. Uh, we're actually in the middle of a, a rebranding campaign as a part of our, our uh, well, getting ready to rebrand as a part of our 10 year anniversary, which will include a new name. So uh, oh. I can't announce what that is yet. Next month we'll be rolling that out and with a new brand, new logo and all that kind of stuff uh, to help yeah. commemorate our 10 years and, and to, you know, ho hopefully to, to, to engage, uh, engage a greater number of businesses throughout the, the entire region. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, the O'Fallon Chamber, I got to say, you know, I grew up in O'Fallon, so that's mm -hmm. uh, that's near and dear. In fact, yeah. one of my one of my original, I guess, jobs out of college, I was working for a local screen printing company, and we'd uh, we were part of the, the O'Fallon Chamber, and so mm -hmm. I think you had moved back to the St. Charles one by by then. Quite but, possibly in two thousand four yeah, so, when I was uh, yeah two thousand three two thousand four. I missed you by about four years. So that's like, <laughs> uh, that two thousand eight. So, no worries. No worries. Yeah. No, we work. We work closely with the O'Fallon Chamber. We all we all work together on legislative initiatives and, and other initiatives throughout the community. So, um, so yeah. So we're we're always happy to work with those other chambers. What are What are some of those initiatives that you collaborate with on in, inside the county? So certainly, you know, shop local. Every every chamber in the in the world, I think, has their own shop local campaign because they all realize how important it is. But you know, there's some legislative issues uh, that we deal with. Um, you know, we. We uh, we all have our own legislative priorities during session, like right now um, we've got going on. So 
Um, we're, we're actually getting ready to consider, and one of the things that I will probably touch on a little bit is, is uh, a use tax in the cities of St. Charles and St. Peter's, which is important for the collection of internet sales taxes to, to allow our local businesses, again, shopping local, to be able to compete competitively with those that are online. So that's one of the things I know St. Charles and St. Peter's are considering, O'Fallon, Winsville, uh, and a couple of others. I think St. Charles County has a use tax. They all have that. So so that's one of the things I know that we'll be working on ourselves. Well, Fallon probably won't be necessarily, but we will be. But, you know, there's transportation issues, economic development issues. We work together with them on Manufacturing Day, and we're actually getting ready to launch Build My Future uh, for students that maybe don't want to go on to college. Maybe they want to learn a trade or get involved with manufacturing. So we, we work together with them on, on that. So workforce development is a huge problem. Uh, we know not only not only in St. Charles County, but I think the entire world is having workforce issues these days. Everybody needs more employees, and and uh, and so uh, we want to be able to, to attract uh, a good qualified workforce or keep a good qualified workforce right here in St. Charles County. So those are some of the the initiatives that we're currently working on. Um, That's with, a very broad here. spectrum of, of of focus, really. That you it have. is. Yeah, businesses don't really, or, or I don't think the general public really realizes um, what a chamber of commerce totally does. Really, a lot of people see the, you know, businesses could join a chamber of commerce or a membership organization. We promote our businesses, our member businesses. Uh, so, um, but ultimately, the reason why a chamber exists is to uh, protect businesses. And so we advocate on behalf of businesses. So one thing I will clarify with your, your audience is actually... Um, you know, we often get people that call the Chamber of Commerce wanting to complain about a business. You know, they've had a, a bad experience. And so uh, we end up referring those people to the Better Business Bureau. So the difference between kind of the Chamber and a Better Business Bureau, and, and this is probably the easiest way to remember, it, is the Chamber is here to protect business and watch out for business and, and take care of legislation that, that, that has a positive uh, impact on business, whereas the Better Business Bureau is really there to protect the consumer. Sure. So, so the, the, you know, if they have a complaint, we recommend they contact being the Better Business Bureau because that's really what they do is they protect the consumer. So uh, we will take complaints if they're written, put on file, notify, notify the business. But uh, ultimately, uh, I think their best bet is contacting the Better Business Bureau. So, sure. so you know, so we, we advocate on behalf of businesses. And, and because we have a large number of businesses that are members, we, we're about 800 members strong um, ourselves, I think. Oak Island is, is a little bit smaller, and Western St. Charles County is a little, you know, right around the same size as Oak Island. Um, we're able to pull all those businesses together and, and bring them together so they can get to know each other and network and do that type of thing. So I think that's what people see the most. They don't always see the advocacy side; they see the networking and the business they see the, they see the happy hours. Exactly, exactly. Happy hours, morning coffees, lunches, those types yeah. of things. So, which are all important because sure you know, we want people to be able to do business here locally with each other as well. Of course. I mean, you can create all kinds of different referral networks for one another that, that uh, really help impact each other's business, right? And if right. you can get synergy behind that, that makes uh, doing business yeah. a lot a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you know I think um, a lot of younger people don't really understand what a Chamber of Commerce does. I think probably uh, older older people were where the chamber may have been the only uh, organization that really kind of influenced things locally. And so now there's there's a lot of different organizations out there that the younger people I think have been able to get involved with or whatever uh, that has local influence. But I think ultimately, uh, you know, the, the chamber of commerce uh, has a reputation. They tend to try to provide uh, good, accurate information. So if anybody ever has any questions about the community, 
the Chamber of Commerce is always a, a good place to go. The Chamber of Commerce in, in many communities does economic developments. So they do business attraction and retention. Uh, a lot of Chambers of Commerce also get involved in tourism. And so a lot of people will call the Chamber of Commerce to get information about local businesses, hotels, restaurants, and things like that to get at. So sure. anyway, um, but we don't we don't do that ourselves. We might help a little bit with retention, but we're primarily strictly a Chamber of Commerce um, that provides services and advocacy for members. Very good. Yeah. So I, I wanted you to, to see if you go just a little bit deeper on how some of that business advocacy is is important. And this may seem like a really basic question, but how is that important to like the individual resident in the communities that you advocate for? Yeah, you know, um, probably um, you want to you want to make sure that the legislation is is favorable towards towards business. Otherwise, um, you know, it, it could certainly have a, an impact on on the cost of, of products. Uh, for the end user. I mean, if there's, if there's a tax, that's you know, if they're looking to increase corporate taxes or some sort of tax, ultimately, you know, it sounds great that we're going to increase taxes on businesses, but I think ultimately that all gets passed on down to the consumer. So anyway, um, you know, nobody wants to be taxed. You know, I don't think anybody, you know, raises their hand, you know, voluntarily wants to pay a tax, but uh, you know, when you hear uh, different, legislative groups talk about taxing corporate or taxing businesses that does get passed on down. And, and, um, you know, it's, I think that's probably the biggest thing as, as well as, as regulations. And, you know, we try to be careful. Um, we want businesses to be able to do businesses without being overly regulated. You know, there's certainly some that probably need some regulations, but, you know, we have to, we have to be very careful about regulations. Uh, I know tort reform and, and lawsuits are another, huge things that the chambers sure. try to watch out for when it comes to businesses. I mean, there are certainly um, probably, you know, some, some issues out there that, that probably um, consumers need to maybe take action on, on a business on, but, uh, but we just, we have to, we have to keep an eye out on, on all these things um, just to make sure that you know, all this stuff doesn't ultimately, it will ultimately get passed on down to the consumer. And, you know, um, if, if it's, if it's a, a regulation or something, you know, maybe a business will close. So we, we want to make sure that we continue to, to grow and expand the economy uh, and not to contract or restrict it. Yeah. And so those those niche local economies, right, make it an attractive place to not only live, but then if you're doing it, you know, business there makes it more attractive for somebody to, to want to live there when they have access to certain certain things right absolutely we want to be able to you know provide as many goods and services to the local residents as, as we possibly can and so um you know we, we support free enterprise competition we want we want business we we don't mind businesses coming in and uh competing you know i think that helps also uh to drive down prices as well when you have competition you get it you get or or maybe it improves services because because maybe you know they are they're they're their rates are the same, but maybe one of them has a, a lot better service than the other. So, you know, I, th I think there's a, a lot of things that you have to really think about. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, competition is good um, for, for business and if, good for the consumer, especially. Definitely. It's the iron sharpens iron adage, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's better. <laughs> So along with the, the consumer, let's let's kind of pivot into shopping local then. So what yeah. is, talk a little bit about some of the advantages then of shopping local. Oh gosh, there there's there's a ton of advantages. <laughs> um, you know, and a lot of some of them people just don't even think about, I think, you know. Uh, and, and I'll throw a couple of them out there. Um, 
you know, it certainly, you know, keeps our community unique, you know, the, the unique different types of products or services maybe a business might provide. Maybe they provide it one community over another. And so uh, that's certainly a big part of it. Um, environmental impacts, think, think about that. You know, everybody cares about the environment, um, but if you're, if you're shopping local, uh, and buying products here locally, it's probably going to be fewer automobile miles. In fact, it is. There's, there's studies that show it's about 26% fewer automobile miles when you shop locally. So that's that's wow. pretty interesting. Uh, I wouldn't have even thought about that as a, a you know a, a KPI right. to look into. Oh, absolutely. Uh, think think about uh, nonprofits. You know, uh, there's every there's a lot of nonprofits and charities out there, and uh, sure. smaller local businesses tend to to support local nonprofits at a, at a much higher rate. Two hundred and fifty percent more donations come from local businesses than your 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 national your national chain, which is always interesting. Um, you support local ownership. You support local jobs. Uh, which is probably the the one that people recognize the most. Sure. Um, you know, you, you have ninety percent net uh, new jobs when uh, you support a local small business. Most most new jobs are actually created by small businesses. And I don't know that people really understand that. We we always uh, ch and chambers are probably guilty about it as well. You know, you you attract a company that brings in you know fifteen hundred new jobs. Those well, that's type a sexy of headline, right? Right. It's, it absolutely is. But there, you know, there's probably been, you know, 40 other companies that have opened, opened up over the past, you know, year or whatever, that's probably maybe created, you know, just as many jobs. So yeah. you don't, you don't always think about that um, when, when you're looking at, but you know, it, it, most, most new jobs are created by uh, small, small businesses. Um, I, I know, imagine that those, the people who open those businesses have a really great sense of pride in being able to 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 offer opportunity for 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 folks in their local community. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah. So, well, you you get better service. You know, that's where part of the, part of the pride comes in. You, you get much better service. You probably get a much better quality product uh, yeah. as well. Um, you know, and they're probably uh, chances are that local business that is making that local product is probably buying from another local business. Uh, yeah. So in order to make that product, so you know, it's it's a it's a you know there there are just so many so many benefits and and you know for every one hundred dollars that is spent at a locally owned business, sixty eight dollars stays in the community. Whereas if wow. you were to shop at a a large national chain, only $43 stays back. So, um, so certainly more money stays locally. I mean, think about, you know, who sponsors your little league teams. It's typically mm -hmm. a local, a local, right. you know, company. Sometimes it's even a third or fourth generation uh, company that's been around the community for many, many years. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so there's, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of pluses plus, you know, um, I think probably another important one that a lot of people don't think about um, when you, and it goes back to, to that whole use tax, sales tax thing, you know, um, but when you, when you shop locally, you pay sales taxes on those goods and products, which support your local governments and the services that they provide. So, so it supports your parks, it supports street improvements, it supports, you know, your public safety and fire and, you know, a lot of different, in every, every community, I think, you know, it structures a little bit differently in, in how they, they pay for those. But, yeah. you know, quite often there's maybe a, a park sales tax or maybe there's, there's you know, a transportation sales tax that pays for road, road improvements and, you know, infrastructure that you have to, to have, you know, your sewer. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that 
um, shopping local supports that, you know, when you go online, you don't always currently, uh, you don't always pay those sales taxes. So, but I think that's changing right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of municipalities that are working some of that out because they, there are, in, in fact, Missouri is the last, the last state in the country to allow, uh, internet sales tax. So they finally worked out an agreement last year, uh, the government, the, the governor signed, signed the bill uh, that allows local municipalities to ask for a, um, uh, internet sales tax or use tax so you know you will never pay just just so people are clear you will never pay a use tax and a sales tax it's either one or the other okay and so well, and it's typically yeah. equal the use tax is typically equal to the sales tax but you know once municipalities are able to collect that use tax for online out-of-state purchases um, it'll help offset those costs that you know local businesses currently have to collect um, so it really kind of evens the playing field for local businesses. That's, that's good that you bring that up. That, that, that was going to be a question that I had, you know, typically there's a stigma that shopping local is a little bit more expensive and maybe it is simply because of tax. So, and you touched on that a little bit, but are there other facts about that? Is that, is that a reality? Well, is that... And, and again, just think about how much more money is kept in the community by, by yeah. doing that. But, you know, the other thing I also encourage is there's a lot of local companies, you know, a lot of local small businesses that also have their own, if you want to shop online because of convenience, look for a local company uh, that maybe offers, you know, their own store. You may have to go to multiple websites rather than one large website that offers many products or services or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but there's, there's a lot of local companies that have their own e-commerce sites. So you can go online and purchase their goods uh, locally still through the website. Yeah, that, that kind of reminds me of this, my own habit that I have. I know a lot of people use some of those delivery services that are out yeah. there. And for myself, like I'd rather get in the car and go to that business because I know their margin's not going to be right. Not gonna yeah. Be well, what I thought was really interesting too, you, I, you know, um, and I don't, you've, I don't know if you've seen it or not, but the National Pizza Chain is tipping. I probably because of the cost of paying for you know like uh, a delivery service yeah uh, which a restaurant typically has to pay uh in order to have that food delivered they're actually well, i honestly uh, don't think a lot of people know how much that that encroaches on that restaurant's margin and there, right. there are a lot of a lot of times that you'll hear certain restaurants not make a profit on some of those right. deliveries yeah, because yeah. of that particular service that's exactly it and there's a national pizza chain i've just been seeing on tv that yeah. will you know if you go pick up the food at their at their restaurant they'll give you a three dollar tip for picking yeah up i saw that food. so which i thought cool. was really interesting and it's probably it's probably cheaper for them to do that than to pay for a delivery service so then you could use that three dollars to go back to that business so you know the one thing i do want to to, to let people know as well you know you, you see some of these these national chains you know i'll just use uh, say mcdonald's um, a lot of those, a lot of those are franchisees that are actually yeah. local business owners too. So you may associate, you know, um, some of these large national brands uh, with, you know, not necessarily being locally owned, but a lot of those, a lot of those national chains are actually owned locally as well. Um, and you know, they they may have five or six locations in the region, but you know, they're we consider them to be small local businesses as well. That describes the Miracle Air franchise that I work for. It's exactly that locally yeah. owned, um, you know, right here in the communities. And, you know, again, we, we support local communities yeah, with, with different things that we do. And yeah. so, you know, I, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And it makes, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. To me. People, people don't think about that, you know? Um, and, and I think it's important to, you know, try to, to understand, you know, the businesses in your community and, and, you know, 
maybe how they are owned. Sure. But, you know, I'll, I'll, if you look at a lot of restaurants and, and different things like that, you know, many of them are uh, locally owned franchisees. Yeah. Um, and people don't always understand that, too. Yeah, I, that's a really good point just in and of itself. I don't think folks realize how many franchises are actually out there. Yeah, and, and it, it's quite a bit. Probably thousands. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So that there's a balance, though, for for an individual consumer looking for convenience and then mm-hmm. also wanting to support, you know, their their local business too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, do you do you guys help like folks understand the pros and cons then on on the convenience side or maybe sacrificing convenience or maybe you don't have to sacrifice convenience because that's something that at least kind of stands out a little bit when you maybe do a a little comparison analysis for your own shop yeah we've we've never actually we've never actually done done that as 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 our chamber anyway i'm I'm not aware of anybody else that has done that either but you know there certainly is a convenience factor involved um You know, and especially I, and, and as you and I were kind of talking beforehand, how the pandemic really kind of sped a lot of things up and we've had to learn a lot of things quickly through the pandemic. And, yeah. and I think, um, you know, that certainly changed I mean, it forced people to, to uh, change. And uh, and we saw, you know, a huge spike in, in online uh, because, A, some places were closed down and, and B, you know, people, people didn't want to get out, you know, and so um yeah we, we saw a huge spike now i think it's 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 kind of fallen back off i think people are getting back into the stores but but i you know um i think it it taught people um how convenient it really is to shop online you know and, and a lot of people that might have been a little skeptical or reluctant before um now now they're not you know i think that it, it forced a lot of those people and so it, you know it, it is a challenge and you know as as we start to um as we start to see this internet sales tax or use tax go into effect, I think, you know, um, it, it, it's a challenge. I mean, in, in St. Peter's, you know, we've got, we've got one of the large you know, delivery services, uh, retail deliveries, uh, you know, that employ a lot of, a lot of people mm-hmm. and they're, they're still spending our money locally. So, you know, for us, it's it, when you have a large company like that, you still want to support online purchases too, but at the same time, uh, you want to support your local mom and pop shops who, you know, they, they have a brick and mortar location. They pay property taxes on, they pay, you know, they have to collect the sales tax. So there's, there's a, a, a little bit, um, a little bit to it. And, you know, um, the, the large, the large, balance, service, though, right. It's a, it, balance with anything in life, there's balance you, yeah. you, and, and you got to figure that out for your own, you know, if, if people, self, right? yeah, if people, you know, you know, would just, um, shift, you know, a percentage, you know, get used to shopping at a local location, shift a percentage of their spending locally. Uh, that always helps out. And, and there's statistics out there. You can probably Google, you know, if you shift 10% of your shopping to a local mom and pop shop, you know, what that means for the community. I, I did pull that statistic up, but yeah, but there are studies out there that do show, even if you just shift a portion of your purchases uh, from online or from a big box to a local mom and pop shop, uh, you know, it's impact on the community. So it's, it's pretty substantial. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I, I'm thinking like just what comes to mind is like the, the old town St. Charles right on the riverfront mm-hmm. and you can make, mm-hmm. you, you can make a, an afternoon out of it. You can okay. do some shopping. You can, you can grab a, a cookie or something at one mm-hmm. of the local 
uh, bakeries that are there, or you could go into the brewery, or you can go just sit down at a restaurant, and then you can go back to doing some shopping. You can make it really kind of a social event. And so yeah. that's just something that was kind of popping in my head about, you know, if you're shifting a little bit of your behavior mm-hmm. on on how you're spending, you know, make it make make it attached to something social. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and and really, you know, it's it's easy, obviously, to to shop and support a local restaurant. You know, we all like to go out and, and have food. And, I'm a foodie. I hardly get that. But you know, sometimes I think you know, um, it's it's a little bit more challenging, maybe, to to buy an actual product or something you might need from a, a local small business. You know, you think think about Main Street. There's there's some clothing boutiques down there. There's some. You know, a couple of uh, homemade soap makers. There's an olive oil place down there. I mean, a lot of these, yeah, uh, a lot of these different places uh, offer you know some products that people might use. Yeah. So, kind of on that note, though, uh, we had COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's not like it's not. It, it's it's still, still around. It's still yeah. it's still around. So, what are you seeing from a local business standpoint on how they're they're coping with that? Um, how are they getting people to come back into the stores and still feel like they're, um, I guess, you know, the, yeah. the, the, I don't really like using the word safe, but yeah. overused, but so they feel comfortable going in and I doing think in, in, in St. Charles, you know, um, like the County executive obviously handled it very different in, in our County than they did uh, in other parts of the region. So, you know, we never really fully shut down, as, as you know, in, in right. St. Charles County. Um, there was never a mask mandate. Uh, but I will tell you that the chamber, uh, early on in the pandemic, uh, we, we recognized we we didn't necessarily think it should be a uh, a mandate put, put, you know, imposed by government. It's very difficult to be able to enforce that. You know, if you have if you have a, a mandate, you should have some way to be able to enforce it. And uh, unfortunately, ultimately, it was going to be up to the businesses anyway. And so we did encourage businesses to create a policy, a mask wearing policy within uh, within their their business. So all the mayors, the county executive, all the chambers of commerce in St. Charles County uh, did a campaign last year during the pandemic asking businesses to create their own policies of, of uh, enforcing uh, some sort of mask wearing um, policy within their business. So uh, St. Charles County's numbers weren't really all that different uh, than what we saw in St. Louis County. And and, and ultimately, I, I really think it needs to be really a, a local issue. I mean, you think you think about, you know, I, I don't think you can impose a statewide mandate because there are so many, so many communities that are very rural, you know, but then you have communities that are a little bit more high density, like St. Louis. And so um, it really needs to be a, a localized issue because to, to force somebody to wear a mask in rural Missouri outside, does that really make sense? No, it really, to me, it doesn't. So anyway, but, uh, but it might make sense, you know, in, in, in a community that's a higher density where in St. Charles, maybe, you know, if you're walking down main street, we'll use that as an example and, yeah. and you're elbow to elbow, that might make more sense. But, you know, ultimately, you know, so we feel it should be up to the business. You know, situational, totally. circumstantial. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense to me. And individual rights and what you, what you want to do with your with your community, how you want to protect your community, you know, is is ultimately up to you as a business owner. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely a big polarizing topic. But so from from aside from like maybe the the, the mask itself, are you seeing uh, consumers come back into these physical locations? Yeah, and to, I think so. I mean, I know uh, during Christmas time we had some really good crowds uh, on Main Street. 
and uh and um yeah you know i i think uh people people who um you know feel that they need to wear a mask you know they're they're probably still staying at home or they're they're avoiding you need to it, it's somewhat of a personal decision if you're comfortable going out in crowds wearing a mask great if you're not you don't want to wear a mask that's fine so i think a lot of it depends on uh, personal health choices but i don't know that we really i mean we saw uh, i think especially restaurants and hospitality tourism uh, those saw a pretty significant dip uh, but we are seeing all that bounce back uh, now. I know uh, I'm, the, I'm the chair of the Tourism Commission for the City of St. Charles uh, uh, Tourism Office, and uh, and we've seen you know hotel hotels uh, occupancies increase over the past uh, over the past year basically. So we we are seeing a bounce back, and and certainly with that comes conventions uh, that bring people into town. That also brings shopping into town, and and. And then you have your local shoppers. So yeah, we're we're seeing um, I, we're, we're seeing a lot of that uh, really kind of come back. I, I don't know that it dropped off as much as maybe it did in St. Louis County or, or St. Louis City, but um, St. Charles County, I think we're seeing uh, some pretty strong uh, growth back to to near normal, I guess. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's what you want to see. You want to see you want to see life get get back to uh, uh, as normal a situation as, as you can after something like what we just went through in 2020 right, right. and 2021, right. you know, yeah, it's, so. well, and, you know, that's something that, you know, most of, most of the world hasn't experienced. They've never lived through a pandemic. So uh, it was very interesting to, to figure out how to, how to adjust our life and, and uh, to be able to yeah. try to slow the spread. Although, you know, there's a, a lot of, you get political, we all know that. And so, which is unfortunate, but, uh, you know, I think hopefully we're, we're more on the back end uh, now. Um, and you know, we've seen numbers dropping off pretty considerably over the past couple of weeks with the latest variant. So hopefully that's helped to uh, help to create the antibodies for a lot of people to be able to resist uh, other variants. We'll see. I, I certainly hope so. Uh, just kind of tracking back for a second. So mm -hmm. we, in 2020, obviously the pandemic hits and we don't really, you know, have a clue what's going on quite yet. But as a chamber and as a local businesses, did you guys come together to help strategize different, different ways to, to just help those businesses get through that time period? We did. Um, yeah. So there, there was a group, um, it was, it was kind of spearheaded by, um, the Economic Development Council of St. Charles County. Mm -hmm. And so they pulled in a lot of business leaders, community leaders, um, chambers of commerce, uh, and just to try to figure out how, how we could keep businesses on, on track and, and keep them informed with the various things that are going on. Um, you know, PPP dollars, you know, any right. kind of federal support that, that could help businesses. We tried to, to make sure that information was passed along. We tried to make sure, you know, local, local information was passed along. Um, so yeah, so we, we met regularly. I want to say probably every week or every two weeks, uh, we met during, during the pandemic and, and just kind of kept people informed and, and, um, you know, try to, try to help businesses, you yeah. know, the, the challenge is, you know, there's, there's no, um, people don't have to belong to the chamber of commerce. Businesses don't have to be a member. And so our penetration rate of businesses in St. Charles and St. Peter's only about 15%. So we're working on trying to change that through, uh, some, some other, other things maybe in the next year, but, 
you know, trying to be able to communicate with those businesses that aren't chamber members when we don't have any of their information uh, yeah. was a huge challenge. And so, you know, we, we recognize that as an opportunity to maybe change some things in the future. Hopefully next year uh, we'll make some changes that will will accommodate some of that. But, uh, you know, it's, it's difficult to be able to communicate and, and, and most of what they're getting their information from is either probably in the mail or through news or media outlets, social media, whatever. So, um, but there was a lot of information out there with regards yeah. to um, paycheck protection dollars that would help help retain employees and, and uh, keep well, That's kind of where open. I was going to go with that. I, I appreciate yeah. that you guys were able to do that for the, for local businesses because ultimately yeah. it helped the, uh, the, the local employee, right, right, continue to be able to earn a wage and yeah. keep a paycheck and be able to help support themselves through that that stressful time yeah so it was, it was another it was. benefit that you guys offer the the local communities and, and again that was something that you know um we did kind of behind the scenes i mean we sent the information as best as we could put it on our website we had a special covid page at that time but uh put it on our website we would email it out to our members um but unfortunately um if, if they didn't go to our website or they we didn't have their email address they they had to find other uh places to get the information and you know we were able to provide that information we, we tried to go through you know there was so much information coming out at that time we we're trying to go through and sift through what we really felt was most important for businesses so, yeah uh yeah so that was one of the services that we we as local chambers and, and local business organizations provided what, what are some of the ways that you're that you allow or i guess market to mm-hmm. to local people local people, local businesses, for them to re- even realize that you are a resource for something like that or for maybe some other things that we haven't touched on? You know, it, to, for us, you know, um, I think uh, social media seems to be the, the easiest way. Um, but, you know, de- depending on the generation, you, you got to determine whether Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, <laughs> Snapchat, which which is the best outlet. So Do you guys have LinkedIn. a chamber TikTok? Uh, we're we're going to get ready to create a oh my TikTok. God, I love it. We're getting ready to create one. So we 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 posted our first video not on TikTok because we we're waiting for our new brand to come out and tie it in with our sure. new brand. But I, I did it on my personal account and uh, shared it out. But it's you know we we know um, you know there's just different ways of being able to educate people about the different services. But social media seems to, to be the best way. Um, Traditional media is a little challenging uh, sure. these days, uh, with with uh, especially with with any kind of print. You know, everything oh. everything's online now. I don't know anybody personally that reads a, a local paper, um, unless it's a smaller community paper. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's 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 a challenge, and, and and you know, then the costs associated with with putting it in a in a paper that goes out to everyone. Well, we really don't need it to go out to everyone. We need it to really stay mostly in our area, you know, sure. like St. Charles County. We need we don't need it to go over to Illinois and all these other places. So so we really tend to focus a lot of our outreach through social media, uh, whether it's an ad, you know, we one of the things we we do promote is um, for small businesses, we do offer a health uh, healthcare plan uh, for businesses with 2 to 50 employees. So it pulls No kidding. Uh, you got yeah. like through a healthcare plan through the chamber? Yeah, so it's it's a group plan uh, it's called the Chamber Benefit Plan. Uh, it's offered oh. through the Missouri Chamber Federation. And, That's really uh, neat. We have about uh, what I calculate twelve or thirteen percent of our membership now that is participating in that plan. So it's been you know for many years you know small companies would see their healthcare costs just rise like crazy. 
And uh, this actually pools a lot of companies across the state, St. Louis region. There's yeah. like an eastern version and a western version, depending on whether you're in Kansas City or the St. Louis area, or and then the, the, the state split up. But uh, but it pulls those employees together to be able to help kind of uh, keep healthcare well, sure. costs. Drive, drives down the sure. cost and then helps that business uh, yeah. stay competitive with benefits that they can offer. That Absolutely. that's awesome. Yeah, that is so that's... definitely something new that I've learned today. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I it's, really it's, appreciate that. It's a good one, definitely. So, but yeah, yeah they're they're looking they're looking also at a plan for um, one person businesses. So that's something they're looking at. Uh, and then there's been questions asked about well, what if you have more than 50 employees but fewer than 500 employees. So you know they're they're looking at all these different options for for other uh, size businesses as well. So we thought we'd have one for uh, one person businesses uh, last year. I've not seen that roll out yet, but uh, hopefully real soon we'll be able to promote something for individuals who need healthcare as well. Awesome. Yeah. That, that's really cool. So Scott, uh, for on your socials, you want to call out some of those, some of those names. I imagine you have Facebook, Facebook group. Yeah. There, yeah. We have, we have Facebook, we have Twitter. Um, and, and so that's at the St. Charles, St. Charles County chamber. If they search that. They in, should be able to find us. Yeah. Yeah. And although, you know, that could change with, with our rebranding. Um, but uh, hopefully, um, they'll still be able to find us. So, but sure. yeah, you, you can if you search for St. Charles County, you should be able to find us or St. Charles. It should. We're looking. We're looking forward to it, and you know, it, you know, obviously with the new brand comes a, a lot of work behind the scenes. You know, uh, with the new website and uh, all the other ancillary things with, you know, design uh, and branding that that go along with it. So, yeah. it, it's, as a, as a marketing guy, I appreciate that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm the same way. So very, anyway, very neat. So Scott, um, we've, we've been chit chatting for about 30 minutes. So I wanted to see if you had any closing thoughts or anything that we didn't touch on before, before we wrap up. No, I, I think, you know, again, just, uh, if, if, if people could just shift a, a portion of their, um, their business or their purchases to a, a local small retailer, um, you know, it, it certainly has a huge impact on, on those local businesses. And, you know, we, we continue to, to try to grow the region um, and grow the area. There's there's a lot of development going on in St. Charles County still, as, as many of your viewers, I'm sure, are aware. There is. You know, you, you got a, a new riverfront development coming online. We've got Frenchtown revitalization going on. There's things going on in the western part of the county uh, around the David Hochul Parkway and the community college and, and Lindenwood. So there's just uh, a lot of uh, a lot of things that are going on and uh, we certainly appreciate um, you giving us the opportunity to be able to come Definitely. out and share some of that so thank you yeah uh, real quick if you got any influence on that train track that goes over uh, 70 right there at Wentzville you, you can uh, you can work <laughs> on that still working on it they're, they're <laughs> going to try to straighten out that S curve but I know they're they're hopeful to be able to replace that uh, to, to be able to widen it through there at some point so but yeah, yeah. they're they are working on it and you know that's one of the biggest bottlenecks in the in the in the state of Missouri and, and certainly in, in St. Louis region when you have five or six lanes going down to two and so yeah. uh, it's it's a mess out there and uh, you know unfortunately um, you know hopefully now the MoDOT has some some new dollars coming in through uh, legislation that legislators approved last year which is a two and a half cent increase in the uh, fuel tax over the, every year for the next five years. Hopefully that'll generate some revenues that'll help speed up that project as well. So, but they, that is uh, one of their, their high priorities is trying to fix that area. But, you know, maybe, maybe with the opening and, and, and um, 
of the, the David Hochul Parkway. Maybe there's some people that could be redirected a different route at some point. Um, sure. But yeah, that railroad bridge in Wentzville is certainly a problem. It's definitely been a pain in the butt. But I think it's important to highlight, though, that shopping local and supporting yeah. local business, and even though you, you're paying a, a, a tax that you might not be paying online, it goes right. to things that are like that, that are impactful in, in the community, you know, and, from, from roads will... to infrastructure to parks to other other uh, other uh like that riverfront project they were talking about, oh, projects yeah. like that that wouldn't ordinarily come up, and right, it just right. enriches our community. And I and I will mention on uh, in April uh, of this year, um, there will be a uh, initiative on the ballot to renew the county's transportation sales tax. It's a I believe a half cent sales tax, but what it does is it generates uh, money dollars that the county could match with money from MoDOT and the federal government to be able to do projects like this. So. Um, this we, do you we guys, have, do you guys advocate for those types of partnerships. Is it's cool to hear that there could be like a matching? We do, we do, and 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 that's one. Of, there's programs that MoDOT has uh, that require a, a certain match, and and even the county I think sometimes has things where they ask local municipalities to match in order to get county dollars too. So, but there's there's definitely we we do anytime we could create you know some sort of match to pull down some federal dollars or pull yeah. down some state dollars. Um, you know we we. We always push for that. And, and St. Charles County has been really good about have, making sure a lot of their, their major projects are shovel ready. So when, when new opportunities come about or new funding sources come about, we're ready to go. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I know I know um, there's currently some road construction going on in, in St. Charles um, along 94. <laughs> when, they're widening that. Not, Scott? When yeah, yeah. Not? And then, and then we'll start to see uh, some uh, construction along Highway 70 in St. Charles as well happening. Okay. That was a 63 million, 62, 63 million dollar project to um, to improve the corridor between Fairgrounds and Cave Springs. So uh, that was just announced. They they just awarded that project, and so um, we'll see uh, some construction going on along that corridor. It'll include a new overpass at Zumbel and at Cave Springs. And, uh, and then there'll be some new outer roads uh, between um, Fairgrounds and uh, Zumbel uh, on the north side of Interstate 70. So, so yeah, so it's going to include some, but, you know, the idea is to increase capacity and, and make that corridor safer. During, you know, uh, every, I, I think they've, they've said there's been over 3,000 crashes uh, in that portion of the corridor, which is higher than other parts wow. of the, the Interstate 70 corridor. I don't remember what the timeline is over that. It might be over the past five years or ten years, but it's a it's a pretty significant uh, higher number of crashes in that corridor than other parts of I seventy. So uh, that's an important uh, area to to improve uh, because you know if you have safe roads, it, that's always good for business. It allows people to get around and get to local businesses as well. So any, any kind of understatement there. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So that I think that puts a, a, a really nice bow on our conversation because there there are some things like I, I wanted to talk to you specifically about shop local and we did that, but yeah. I think we also all really have a better understanding of what the chain the, the chamber advocates for that really impacts us as as individuals. You know, I really didn't know. I, I felt I, I thought that might be on like the local uh, elected officials for yeah. something like the. Uh, uh, you know the the mo the MoDOT thing that you were just yeah. talking about because I I was asking about the train track kind of a little bit tongue in cheek but like you really do have we, some influence on yeah, things like that we 
We do try to, we, you know, because all that impacts the movement of commerce. And anytime, you know, you, you have a bottleneck on traffic, it slows down business. And so, yeah. you, you know, we, that, we, as, we, as you say that, like the dots, they, it's like, oh, duh, yeah. that obviously connects, yeah. you know, that yeah. you would be part of that. But before, yeah, yeah, ignorance is bliss, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a pretty it's a pretty big deal. So yeah, and and we you know anything that impacts business or even our local community, uh, we we are there to try to at least provide a business perspective and, and a business opinion. And in fact, we've got four resolutions that are going before my board of directors meeting. One of them dealing with a uh, a, a bond initiative in the Fort Zumwalt School District. Two of them dealing with use taxes, and one of them dealing with this new, this uh, renewal of the transportation sales tax. Yeah. So, so we we provide that uh, to our to our local elected officials, let them know that you know these these are issues that are important to the business community, and so uh, and, and and share why we feel that they're important. So sure. yeah, we get involved in a lot of things a lot of people don't realize. That's uh, as we've learned today. Uh, real fast, as we do have a, a ton of listeners that obviously aren't in St. Charles, because we, mm-hmm. we service the most of the state of Missouri, it, right. and you've worked for three chambers. So within that experience and what you know of other of, of other chambers, are they doing the same type of advocacy that you're doing here, just okay. in their local communities? It, it varies from chamber to chamber. You know, you tend to you tend to see uh, medium to larger chambers probably a little more involved with with those type of efforts. I'm sure that's a bandwidth um, type of. It really is, you know. Right. It's it's been a, having having the the uh, resources and, and staffing, you know, because so often, many chambers and small communities, it's a one person office, and so they're working with their local board of directors. Uh, so, their boards are, are probably a little more working boards than than what uh, a medium to large chamber is, where you know where they have staff. So yeah, so it, it varies from community to community. A lot a lot of them will be focused on doing a festival or something that brings people into their community. So we don't, I, we, we do a couple of large events that bring people into the community, but we don't do a, a full weekend festival or a, a day long festival or anything like that. So, you know, it, it does, it varies from community to community and, and uh, their issues are, are very different. Uh, and that's why, you know, you got a lot of chambers across the state that are fighting for their local communities. Well, we certainly appreciate the advocacy that, that you do in St. Charles County and that the other folks that work in those various chambers do. I know that yeah. I definitely have learned a lot today yeah. from what, what you the and, impact you know, that you guys create for, for not only businesses but the individuals living there. Yeah, and I and I recommend, you know, if, if anybody ever has any questions about what's going on in their community or um, you know, wanna know the, the chamber chambers across the state, US, whatever. Uh, they are, they're reputable. They're non-political. Um, they do not get involved in politics. So we, we might support issues. We might, uh, come out against a particular issue, but we do not endorse can most of them do not endorse candidates. They, they have to create a whole separate political action committee, maybe in order to endorse a ca- candidate, which is totally separate from the chamber, uh, chambers because of, uh, their, their tax status as a 501c6 nonprofit. Um, they're not allowed to endorse candidates, uh, political candidates. So um, you might hear the U.S. Chamber endorses so-and-so for president. Well, that's the U.S. Chamber. Every chamber operates independently, um, and every one of them, um, you know, have, you know, different priorities for their local communities. So it does. It once We, we kind of laugh. Once you've seen one chamber, you've seen one chamber. They're not all the same. Well, there you go. <laughs> All right. I really appreciate you sharing all that that wealth of knowledge and your your uh, 
your many years of experience working in, in local communities and serving the, the businesses within. So we really appreciate everything that you do. Um, I can specifically say I appreciate it because I am a St. Charles County resident. Yeah. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> we love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Scott, thank you very much. Awesome. Uh, just a quick reminder to everybody out there listening, if you guys get value from these podcasts, uh, please like, share, comment, subscribe, all of that stuff. So we want to be able to uh, to spread these types of messages and these types of uh, just awarenesses of the different things that are going on within our local communities. So, uh, again, we appreciate you watching and appreciate the share. So until next time, we'll catch you guys later on the Miracle Ear Advocates podcast.